Welcome everybody to NFT Heat. Whether you're inside the industry or new to the NFT space or NFT OGs like the NFT machine and I, we're going to provide you with the necessary alpha to crush. We're bringing the top guests and deep diving how NFTs will transform the metaverse, DeFi, and social tokens. I'm Justin Shankaro. I got to say the king of alpha. I haven't said that in forever, John. Yeah. Is it true? I don't know. I don't miss that phrase <laughs> at all, dude. <laughs> I'm here with the NFT machine. John Kraske, you know him. Uh, we, we, we love all you guys. Thank you for always commenting on our posts and sharing them. Uh, we're having a blast making NFT heat in studio and what an incredible guest we have on today. But before we get into our guests, we got to go in the news, buddy. What, I mean, this is pretty wild. These, these Taylor Swift tickets and the disaster that Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift did for her Swifty fan base. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I've ever heard a Taylor Swift song. Maybe I have, but <laughs> Come on. I think, I, I, think I, I turned it right off, back off. I mean, are you a Taylor Swift fan? I'm not, but no. I mean, it, she's huge. You got, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Like, she's, I, I get think it. she's won more Grammys, and she's like the biggest it. artist almost of all time. Right, right. And she dated a bunch of famous guys. I get it. I get right. it. I get it. I get it. So, yeah, it's an absolute disaster for disaster. sure. And it's super interesting. How could you know blockchain technology, NFT ticketing, maybe solve this problem, right? Well, I mean, first of all, why did she not utilize blockchain and NFTs? I, I mean, don't know because I mean, I'm getting pitched. I don't. I think I've been pitched literally a hundred NFT ticketing platforms just in the last three months. Right. I mean, it's it's there's so many out there. They're prevalent. They're everywhere. 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 So it's just shocking. And I mean, you know, the Ticketmaster I heard was turning around and selling her tickets on secondary for like $95,000 where she's not getting a piece of it because it's not an NFT. Well, she doesn't like that. She right. does not like that. That's right. And and all of her fans, a lot of them are pissed off because, you know, they were put in line. They weren't able to buy tickets because it was all a mumbo right. jumbo. Right, So right. blockchain NFTs could have easily solved this situation. You could have, you know, you could have shown folks who were first in line, been yep. able to line them up. Yep. There could have been provenance, ownership, you know, who were who were her fans that would have been very easily identifiable. Right. And, and now all these like dirty ticket brokers who are like one step removed from like a strip club bouncer are the ones making all the money. Exactly. Which is like, yeah. By the way, they've been throwing massive parties in Vegas <laughs> off her money. And I mean, as NFTs, clearly, you know, each one of her fans, they could have gotten, you know, autographs from her. They could have gotten memorabilia, merchandise. They could have, um, obviously, if they wanted to flip those, you yeah. know, tickets, then then Taylor Swift uh, would have gotten 5 or 10% of all those royalties yeah. in perpetuity. I mean, just like, you know, shocking. Yeah, shocking, shocking. So, well, Taylor Swift, I, I think you're phenomenal. You're huge. I know you watch NFT Heat. I know you, you know, you're watching our show, you're listening to our podcast. Come on the show, but just piece of advice, next time, do it through NFTs and blockchain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, no arguments for me, man. Right? Nah. So bull versus bear. What are we talking about, John? NFT marketplace is disappearing. I mean, and you know, each individual NFT project launching their own website. I mean, it's I think it's going to happen. You I think mean, it's look, happening. I it mean, it almost happened. OpenSea came up with this ridiculous statement a few weeks ago where they were going to take away all royalties. I mean, NFTs are built for artists to have creator royalties. And they're like, oh, no, because the, the collectors are pissed because the NFTs are down and they don't want to pay a royalty to the project. And so OpenSea stated that Magic Eden was going to follow it. And, you know, I'm sure the other marketplaces out there were, too. And then that would have been it. Like, I mean, every major project was just going to set up their own website. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't even think OpenSea is going to be in business by the end of like this time next year. <laughs> they were already struggling last year when we had a, a bull market, what, 17 
billion plus in NFT transactional volume, and they were struggling to make money. Now, like the market's dipped, what ninety plus percent? Dipped slightly. I just, I just, I think they they have a broken business model. So honestly, like, who even cares about OpenSea? To be honest, are you I'm, bullish or are you bearish? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm bearish on OpenSea. And I'm also bearish on these NFT marketplaces. I mean, I don't want to get into a lot of details, but I used to work at one, and like, it's just a bunch of bad cartoons. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's just terrible. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a different angle. I'm going to, even though I, they almost made the transition to put themselves out of business by taking away royalties. I'm going to go bullish because wow. I think they're going to make the right moves. 2023. I'm going to go bullish on it. Let's see. We'll see what happens. Good luck. In OpenSea. six months, we'll revisit this conversation. Good luck, OpenSea. Good luck. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to introduce you to our guest, and we are very, very excited to have him on. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. My name is John Kraske. I'm one of the co-hosts of the NFT Heat podcast. I'm here alongside with my other co-host, Justin Shankaro. We have an exciting announcement. We've partnered with Memento NFT, the easiest and most fun way to mint your own NFTs. Download it now. you got to check it out. Welcome back, everybody, to NFT Heat. I'm here with the NFT machine, and we are ready to get started with our incredible guest today. We have Joshua Miller. Josh is a veteran. He was a former sergeant in the Army. He's had a tremendously successful Web 2 career, and he's now fully, fully in Web 3 and blockchain, incredibly successful as the VP of Partnerships for Sea World Enterprises. Welcome to NFT Heat, Joshua. We're so thrilled to have you on. Hey, great to be here, fellas. Very, very cool. All right. Well, John, we got to get his opinion All on right. it, right? Thoughts on this whole Taylor Swift fiasco? You know, I kind of agree there. It, it, it's long past due that these old ticketing mechanisms look into blockchain and NFT usage because there's so many things that can be avoided. Them getting bought up is just a matter of uh, battling bots, uh, you know, royalties and, and everything that NFT engagement could do. People and fans want more than just a ticket to the show. I mean, if they're going to end up paying that much and they're going to pay, you know, a premium for that, there's no reason nowadays why you can't do more with it, why you can't offer more, more of an engagement experience and more for your uh, fan base to take home from the show. Fully agree. Fully We're there. Agree. We're there with Fully you. Fully agree. All right. So you're kicking, kicking it. Even though we didn't do minted or kick it, we called it in the news. We're kicking it to the news. <laughs> yeah. And now bull versus bear. Open sea. And these NFT marketplaces, what do you think? Are they going to be around? Are they going to disappear? You know, I think uh, when it comes to uh, marketplaces, you can compare them a lot to the 1990s models of malls. Okay, everybody had a mall in major cities. But what happened when things started getting decentralized and things like Amazon stuff uh, started popping up was you saw aggregators. Aggregators coming around, a physical mall shutting down. Uh, and you're going to see that more and more with some marketplaces that just aren't going to make it. Uh, it'll either be by taking a wrong stand on policy like OpenSea almost did, Magic, C, uh, Magic Eden almost did, or it'll just be uh, how projects operate and, and go together. It's the fact that projects are learning they don't really need that middleman when they can actually just partner with projects altogether. So you can feature your yummy universe and your bored ape uh, together on e each other's site and each other's world. That's what the metaverse and everything was meant to be anyway. Um, so, you know, OpenSea and models like that are really just a, you know, a, a take from history of where everybody could go to aggregate to that. But as the Internet and everything gets more decentralized, I think we're going to see people moving away from those centralized hubs uh, that try to run the show. Uh, you know, look what happened with uh, with FTX and when it went down, all the NFTs that Coachella sold. Coachella minted through the uh, FTX platform. FTX went away. Now those NFTs are gone. You can see them on chain, but you can't see the image to them. You can't use them. There's nothing you can do with them. 
And I think that's a very harsh lesson this industry is going to learn very fast. Joshua, you are spitting some fire, bro. <laughs> you are bringing the heat. I am like fully in agreement with everything you were saying, but it's so succinct. I love it. I love the comparison to like the 90s malls too. Yeah. That makes so much sense. That I haven't is heard that really, one. that's a great analogy. Um, all right, you are running SeaWorld Enterprises. We want to get into that. But you previously were working directly with Charles Hodgkinson, who was one of the founders of Ethereum, founder of Cardano. I mean, just a, a mega giga brain in the blockchain space. What was it like to work for him? And can you give us some tea? Can you share some insights? <laughs> you know, uh, I was an assistant for two and a half years, and it was baptism by fire. It was back during the uh, the ICO craze. So right off the bat, we were traveling all over, and it's when conferences were everywhere. You know, Token 2049 was in Hong Kong, then you had Japan, then you had Singapore, you know, and over and over. So I was with him uh, going to all these conferences and hearing him talk, and I just – I learned by absorbing and learned by doing uh, in this space, especially with uh, Cardano and all the projects out there. And I saw, you know, this ICO craze. We used to joke about how long this is going to last, and you know we saw the crash coming. Uh, but it was just about being out there, just like everybody else, and just hustling. Uh, you know, we wanted to get Cardano out there. We wanted to get Cardano built, launched, uh, build a fan base, gain, gain exposure through these conferences, make connections, uh, and that was a huge part of uh, you know what I learned. Because you know before that, I'd always been an EA, which operates behind the scenes. But in Web3, there's no such thing as behind the scenes. You're out there uh, doing everything, making the connections. Everybody knows you. Everybody's, uh, you know, trying to get to you to get to, uh, to talk to Charles or, you know, what path to take and things like that. And it was really, a, uh, it was really an enlightening experience. Um, you know, him and I went to over 32 countries together in two years. Um, yeah, so I learned a lot by doing that. It's just, it's fun to hang out with these guys that are just, you know, geniuses in their own right, you know, Vitaly, Charles, uh, et cetera. And, you know, learning the humanity side of it, because you see what the public sees, you know, they put them on this uh, pedestal, or, you know, they put them these expectations. But on my end, these people are humans, they're, they're human beings. And, you know, all the struggles that we saw when the, the market crashed uh, last time and the ICOs are going out, you know, everybody was stressed out and feeling it. And they had to put on this front, like the market's going to be okay, the market's going to be okay. But in the back, they're hustling, moving, uh, you know, developing. Uh, you know, coming out with everything that needs to come out to, you know, establish the brand and endure the long market. Um, you know, and that's one of the greatest things to see about it because, you know, with Charles, and sometimes he's a controversial figure, but I know him as him, not the public side you see on YouTube or in these interviews that try to set him up or anything like that. I've been uh, there with him where we've been blown out and just exhausted crawling our way back to Colorado. Uh, you know, I've been there when the markets were going down and we were sitting in Edinburgh going, here we go. Um, you know, all the way to when this whole NFT thing started really kicking off about two years ago, I'm like, Charles, I got to go and look at this. He's like, yeah, you do. I don't really get it, but I think you do. <laughs> so, you know, we've really built a, a solid relationship around that where, uh, you know, in the Cardano ecosystem, he comes to me and SeaWorld uh, to spin up and look at NFT projects. That's why SeaWorld exists. Uh, and it's something that he can rely on to get involved, but not only protect himself because he knows the dangers that are out there from, you know, you've got tokens uh, that are rug pull, but now you've also got NFT projects that can put rug pull, scam, throw your name to all that. So he's got a trusted source uh, in me and my team to go and look at these forums uh, and definitely help to grow and expand the NFT community by getting that head leadership involved. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Amazing. I mean, you're literally, you're absorbing from one of the, the, the founders of this entire space. So, and there's only a couple of them. It's that sensational. Yeah, amazing. Joshua, SeaWorld is a launch pad for Web3 projects. Can you tell us what you do at SeaWorld and what is on the roadmap for 2023? Sure, we've got basically a Web3 studio model. 
Okay, it's where we've got an IP acquisition licensing branch that'll go out there and find IP that can be brought into SeaWorld uh, as a as a you know platform to create content. And then our other end, we have uh, an investment arm. So we go out and invest in certain platforms. So we invest in a marketplace because you need a distribution point. We invest in uh, metaverse because you have to start creating utility for these projects and ways to engage, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got all kinds of different ones we work with, music and film gaming, uh, metaverse, sports, merch, et cetera. That way we can operate as a Web3 studio and distribute uh, content out. And it comes from not only just the IP that we do, but also the commercial relationship we've done. Like I've worked with uh, Martin Lawrence and his team. I've worked with uh, Champ Medici and the great thing he's doing with the Cardano project called Clay Nation. Uh, so that's really a big thing that we focus on is trying to pair up these outside projects that come in or want to come into the Cardano ecosystem, partnering them up with a, with an ecosystem player that's already established. That way, they're actually learning about engaging fan base from Web 2 to Web 3 and the lessons that brings, and also is obviously less likely to be a cash grab. You know, you don't want to come in and fall flat on your face like certain people have, uh, where you think, you know, your fan base is just going to follow you to, you know, NFTs and digital collectibles. That's not the case. There's a way you have to engage them. There's a way you have to educate before you could even onboard. Boom. Amazing. Mic drop. <laughs> With that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have more alpha from Joshua, who runs SeaWorld Enterprises. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. It's John and Justin from NFT Heat. Welcome. We are so excited. We have partnered with Memento NFT. And if you're a creator, if you're an influencer, get on that platform immediately. You can mint your own NFTs for free, sell them to your fans, and hop on Memento right now. You're going to love it. Welcome back, everybody, to NFT Heat here with the NFT Machine. We have Joshua here as our incredible guest who runs SeaWorld Enterprises, a launchpad for Web3 projects for Cardano. Just he's bringing incredible alpha. So we want to get more into it, Joshua. You know, we're I've been in the East space. I've been in Solana, dabbled a little bit in Cardano. You know, we, we really have like ETH maxis. There's Cardano maxis. Can you explain kind of for noobs, for, for new folks who are looking to get into Web3 and this space, um, really what the difference is on, you know, ETH and Cardano and why you're so bullish on Cardano and, and what you guys have coming up? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, very subtle distinguishments between each uh, of the blockchains that are out there. You know, with ETH and Cardano, they just do it uh, differently. Uh, ETH started out as proof of work, moved over to proof of stake, but they have a locking mechanism for your ETH and they don't know when they're going to unlock it. Whereas Cardano, when you stake, is actually liquid. You can remove, use, whatever you want uh, with your ADA at any time. Uh, the same goes for how um, uh, NFTs work in both ecosystems. With uh, with ETH, it's just a token that's wrapped with a smart contract uh, and used for ERC-721, uh, 1155, and those map out the different characteristics uh, of the NFT, whereas uh, Cardano operates off of just a, what's called a native asset. So it's actually an NFT that's programmed to be that way. You don't even actually need smart contracts. Smart contracts are good for things like uh, royalty distribution and things like that. But otherwise, everything lives within the policy ID of the creation. And also the metadata uh, within the native asset itself has all your traits. So your your hat, your spear, your mustache, your uh, monkey, rhino, those kind of, kind of things that you see commonly in NFTs. Those are all native to uh, Cardano NFTs. Um, just one of the reasons why I'm so bullish on, on Cardano uh, is just because of the approach that our, our Cardano has taken. You know, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And we've seen what happens when, uh, uh, you know, blockchains get a lot of VC funding and rush to market. They crash. They have way too much investment from certain firms and lose 90 something percent of their token price. Um, you know, we like to see stability in the system. We like to see systems that actually work. Um, you know, we like to see the security that's behind it. So I think Cardano is definitely big on that. 
Um, but I'm not big on the whole, you know, ETH maxi, Cardano maxi, anybody maxi thing, because in the end, everybody who's in Web3 is in Web3 and has chosen their camp. But the fact is that we're all looking for the same thing. That's large scale adoption. That comes from people that have no camp. So as much as I want them in the Cardano camp, that would be great. I don't care what camp they're in at this point, because Web3 needs user adoption. We need them in the ecosystem, period, as an industry. Uh, so I think that's something that's you know really got to be looked at where we've got all these maxis bickering back and forth, but in the end, we have more in common than you would think. That's awesome. That's a great answer, Joshua. Like, boom, you just keep dropping the mic. Yeah. We've I had like two or three mic drops already. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so Joshua, how do you plan to drive mass adoption? You know, driving mass adoption is just uh, easily correlating what Web2 users are used to and what Web3 can provide. So that enhanced experience like we talk about with NFTs, it has to be a seamless experience for people that want to onboard. We've seen that with marketplaces making uh, making uh, partnerships with credit card onboarding, debit card onboarding. Uh, we've seen it with custodial wallets that need to go non-custodial. But in the end, it's just a matter of uh, they're able to sign up. And we saw the same thing develop in, in Web2. Uh, where you saw things like SSO, you know, single sign-on. That makes it incredibly easy for you to go on, log into any site you want. We need the same thing behind the wallets. Uh, you know, with wallets themselves, we need multi-asset wallets. There can't be a MetaMask, Polygon, Ethereum, everybody else piss off. There can't be Cardano with just Cardano, everybody else piss off, or Solana uh, with, you know, Phantom. Everything, every wallet out there has to have the majority of them. And for them to be the most useful, obviously can't involve exchanges because you can't even send an NFT to exchange. So it hinders its purpose and its use. Um, so it's really just thinking about the user experience, the user guide. Why are people going to want to use this? How can they use it? And how can we make it the simplest where they're not trying to write down and remember a 24 seed phrase that they won't care about or they'll you know put on their desk or like we saw in uh, what Ready Player One, the guy had his password just taped to the side of his chair. Uh, it's just not how normal people operate. We've got to take that into consideration. Amazing. Amen. This, this is, is like a, a lesson. This is smooth. <laughs> this is like education. <laughs> this is super smooth. Yeah, this is great, Joshua. I'm loving it. Um, so look, the markets have been down the last several months. Everybody's kind of talking about 2023 will be a bear market. You've obviously been in the space for quite a while. So you, you were there for the ICO boom. You saw the winter. Um, how is that going to affect SeaWorld if we do have this you know, bear market next year? And does that affect your strategy at all in terms of, you know, your roadmap for next year? Absolutely not. Uh, SeaWorld has the same approach that IOHK has, the Cardano Foundation has, Emergo has, Binance has, you know, everybody out there. Uh, market, uh, a bear market or a bull market, just keep building. That's the whole point. Okay. The, the profits and everything that comes out of it and the user acquisition will come. Uh, you know, the point of right now is just keep your head down, keep an eye on your uh, burn, uh, your burn rate and just keep building and exploring and building out that model. Because we all know when the bull market hits, it hits hard. Uh, you know, we saw that last cycle where things were shooting up and we didn't even know about them. So it's important to just position yourself now, uh, you know, intelligently to where you're building. And it's the what you think is going to uh, be the most purposeful and most intentioned. Uh, that way, when that bull market hits, you're prepared, um, but you're ready to scale rather than trying to uh, keep building or bring in more revenue. You're at that point where you're ready to take users on. You're ready to put those server loads on. You're ready for those validation nodes uh, to get more and more occupied by stakers. You're just ready to go. It's great. Yeah. Build, bear, or bull. It doesn't matter. 100%. Just build. Heads 100%. down. It's awesome. So how should brands look at Web3 in the metaverse? Is it is it just a marketing and PR play or is it something more? 
you know, a lot of the times right now you see them using it as a marketing ploy. They'll deploy something and then they'll either go in the end, oh, it was just an experiment and they'll shut it all down or they won't pay the proper attention to it. Like you see the smallest NFTs out there with their community. It's engagement. It's a new form of marketing and engagement, but it's something that, you know, you've got to keep adding to, adding to and, and enriching with your material, your IP, uh, your exposure. And you can't just leave them out hanging because that's what gives it uh, NFTs, not even, not just value on secondary market, but people valuing to want to acquire those NFTs to be part of that. Um, I think a lot of brands out there are living this because they just want to make the million, hundred million, whatever, and peace out. But then you've got people like, uh, you know, Nike right now with what they're doing and connecting. The, they did their NFT drop, and now they're connecting their uh, the NFTs with actual physical uh, sneakers, and they're going all out on them. They're doing the automatic laces like we all loved in uh, Back to the Future. They're taking it a step further because they understand the engagement model to it. And that's what a lot of brands out there really have to follow. I hope Disney in the end follows that. I hope uh, you know Hollywood out there ends up following that because you have all these franchises. You can do so many engagement-driven uh, things with that you just have to see it through. And you have to really build yourself and your status around that. And people will come. People will follow. People will engage. Love, Love it. it. We're going to take a quick break. Josh is dropping some serious alpha. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's John and Justin from NFT Heat. We're so excited, we have partnered with Memento NFT. It's simple to use, and if you're a collector, you can get your favorite influencers, NBA athletes, and musicians and celebrities, you can collect their moments. Download Memento NFT. Welcome back everybody to NFT Heat. We're here with Joshua, who is running SeaWorld Enterprises, their VP of Partnerships. Just exceptional alpha he's dropping about blockchain, Charles Hodgkinson, Cardano, ETH, so much rich alpha being dropped in this episode. John, take it away. What, what else do we want to learn? So, Joshua, what, what is on the roadmap for SeaWorld in 2023 and beyond? You know, right now, SeaWorld's in stand-up mode. Uh, we've got strategic investment done in the NFT marketplace called JPEG Store. It's on Cardano. Uh, so that's knocked out. So we're knocking out the rest of them right now, getting those uh, distribution points ready to go. Uh, that way, as we move further, we're looking at IP acquisition in 2023, uh, meeting with major brands, studios, et cetera, to bring them on and bring them into the network. Uh, that way we can get firing off the ecosystem. So right until like Q, uh, end of Q1, beginning of Q2 of next year, everything's in setup mode and staging. And then in Q2, we'll start going to execution. You'll see SeaWorld out uh, behind a lot more uh, uh, companies and brands bringing their uh, uh, IP and everything to Web3. I mean, I'm the NFT machine. This guy's a machine. I mean, You're this guy. You're a machine. You are a machine. He's the real, he's the real <laughs> NFT machine. I mean, this is, this is me. But it, it makes sense. Yeah. He has a military background. That's so. right. He's not messing around. Execution, set it up, and knock it out of the park. Yeah. So how do people find out more about SeaWorld, yourself, all the awesome things you're doing? Where can we find you guys on social? Yeah, yeah. On socials, uh, my social is at SeaWorld underscores Josh. Uh, we've also got a website, uh, www.c-world.io. Uh, it's definitely all getting stood up right now, but there's some great information on there, background information on me, what SeaWorld has worked on, who we've worked with. Uh, it is a great opportunity to come in, get connected. And also, if you'd like to uh, explore the Cardano community and the Cardano ecosystem, we're definitely a great resource for that. Amazing. Amazing. Love I love it. Josh, thank you so much for coming on this episode. As John already said, you are also an incredible NFT machine. You dropped serious alpha. And this was like, I mean, this was a, a Harvard masterclass on ETH, Cardano, blockchain, NFTs, what you guys are building at SeaWorld Enterprises, really sensational. We really appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate it a lot, guys. Thanks for having me here. Oh, wait, before we go, wait, wait, wait. hold on a second. 
<laughs> we, we do, we're doing something really fun, Josh, where at the end of each episode, we are minting an NFT that you create. And when your episode drops, you'll be able to, all of our fans will be able to purchase that NFT. It's a one of one that you create. It's really fun. So can you give us a phrase and then we'll put it in Dolly and see what it spits out. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay. Let's see. Uh, about 3D render of a person exploring a post-apocalyptic city in third person. Wow. Holy smokes. That's intense. Wow. That, that's, that's really good. Intense. Whoa. Whoa. That's that amazing. Looks insane. That's like I the opening it. of like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. I love that. This, that is this, this incredible. Dolly, this Dolly delivers. Whoo. That is really, really that cool. Is, that is so cool. It's beautiful. I mean, that is a sensational. Yeah, All right, well, everybody out there, when this episode airs, you'll be able to purchase that 101. So that is stunning. You are going to want that in your treasure trove. And it was created by Joshua. Joshua, you crushed this episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Everybody out there, this was what a sensational episode. Joshua just dropped the heat. He dropped the alpha. He brought so much. This was, as I said, a master class. Yep. Um, as you all know, stay tuned next week. We'll have another NFT Thought Leader popping in with more alpha. In the meantime, continue learning, growing, and seeking alpha. We're NFT, NFT Heat. Heat.